Well, John, welcome back. We are in, uh, well, I guess after today, we'll be halfway there to a quarter of the way done with our March to Madness tournament. Yes, I remembered to wear my uh, spangled leather poncho and elevator shoes today. So I'm looking good, looking the part. Your finest look. I mean, yes, thank I you. Yeah. yeah, so we are in the midst of our annual March uh parentheses madness question mark close parentheses uh tournament because we can't say march madness no um so this is march to madness in right. this year we are focusing specifically on the mad scientists the genius that are and was steely dan as well as uh, fagan's solo career so we have a tournament of 64 songs we are eventually going to battle them off one against the, each other down to a final champion by some sort of uh, fungible, fudgeable criteria based on the different guests. We have different guests on, they have different opinions, they have different approaches. All of that madness is going to work down to the magical win. Yes, because we are so sensitive, we can't handle the negative comments on Facebook. Correct. So we bring in guests, and then that way, if they get it wrong, they have to deal with it. So today, why don't you introduce our guest, John? Well, uh, we have, uh, I guess I'll allow him to explain his proximity to the band, but we have a, a well-known Steely Dan expert, somebody who's spent a lot of time close to the guys, interviewing the guys, and this is Pete Fogel. Welcome to the show, Pete. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. So tell us, uh, what is your connection to the band? Why was it? Why were we recommended to bring you on? What would, what would be your connection? Well, I was just, I just, you know, was a fan, and, and, uh, and I guess when I got out of high school, the band had broken up back in the what, late 70s, early 80s. And, you know, I was a little bit nuts and uh, I, I wanted to move to New York City and try to help them back together. And I, I ended up help doing that. I ended up doing that, helping to do that. I sped up the process and uh, just put out a fan magazine for them that helped start things going. And uh, I just became like the so-called expert, you know, on Steely Dan, you know, between my fan magazine and because I was so obsessed with the band. Still am. Ooh, boy, I hope I don't disagree with you on any of these matchups because I will look the fool. <laughs> yeah. Well, what did that look like when you say getting back the, the band together? So explain kind of where they were and what was the incarnation once it, you were successful in sort of reinvigorating it? Well, I mean, they had broken up. I think Walter had, you know, had some problems with substance abuse and uh, they weren't getting along. And I just I just moved into Manhattan and started just talking around to fellow you know, to musicians saying, if you ever see Donald or anybody you know, going to play, just give me a call. And then I used my fan magazine as a vehicle to put people into these small clubs when he didn't want people there. He just wanted to get, you know, his chops back. And I screwed up Donald's plan because he wanted to play in front of like 10 people. The shows weren't advertised. And I was putting like 200 people in a room that fit 100 people. And then it just snowballed, it just snowballed from there and it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then uh, one night Walter Beckham was in town and I was promoting the show because Donald wouldn't let him advertise because he wasn't getting paid and he didn't, you know, he just didn't, he just didn't want to show advertise. So I did it through my fan magazine. I was putting 500 people into the room at the Lone Star Roadhouse in New York city. One night Walter was there, Libby Titus, who had just married Donald, I think at the time, or just before they got married, told me Walter's going to be here tomorrow night, but he's not going to play. There's no way in hell he's going to play. And I told her I'm going to get him up there. And I had a whole plan through my fan magazine and we got him up there, and that started the reunion. So that's how I kind of orchestrated it. Wow. What did they play? Do you remember the song? Yeah, they played. The first song they played was uh, Black Friday. And, uh, the crowd was 500 people going absolutely nuts. 
And there was so much adrenaline going through these guys that Donald wasn't singing the song. He was screaming it. Wow. Uh, there's some, yeah, I mean, it was unbelievable. There was some, there's some tapes of it. The energy was something I've never experienced that night. And that's what Walter had said after. He said he had no intentions of going up, but he felt he would get lynched if he didn't go up. <laughs> and that's what I had done pre that show. I was on the phone with every person that was buying a ticket saying, you know, we're going to, um, Jimmy Vivino was the band leader. We were going to, he was going to pull on his ear when he was going to mention Walter's name and, I had a plan to just tell everybody, get up, stand on the tables, go crazy. So we had to get up, and that's what ended up happening. Oh, my God. Wow. So uh, Walter, told, Walter told me if if that didn't happen, he never would have went up on the stage. And who knows if the reunion would have happened so quickly. That's an incredible story. Uh, I was going to ask you, now I know my answer, but I was going to ask you, did Walter ever later confess to you that he was well-rehearsed going into that night? And apparently not. He he really was steadfast, right? No, no. Matter of fact, he was with an old high school friend who I'm friends with now. And he, he was with Walter. He was like, Walter had no intentions. Matter of fact, when the uh, when Jimmy Vivino called his name over the microphone, he pulled his sweater up over his head. You know, in the crowd, he was standing up in the crowd. He pulled it over so nobody would see him. But uh, it was incredible. It was one of the most incredible nights that I've ever been involved with. And it worked. Whatever my plan was, it worked. Wow. And uh, here we are today. So what instrument did he play? Was it guitar or bass? He, he didn't have a guitar, you know. So Jimmy Vivino gave him an extra one. Oh, okay. Gave, cool. him, one, gave him one of his. Excellent. So he played guitar, and uh, Donald had already been up on the stage. It was one of the New York Nights shows. Okay. So, uh, and, you know, that was it. They, they, they even said they had so much fun that night. That's when Donald asked Walter to go out on the road with the New York Rock and Soul Review. So that's how it all started. Wow. Interesting. That is so cool. Well, we have you to thank then for even more badness than uh, we knew we were in store for. <laughs> well, I think, so. yeah, I think they would have eventually gotten back together. I think what I did was just really speed up the process a lot. Good. Yeah. Well, we thank mm-hmm. you for that. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, who better to have on a March to Madness tournament than none other than uh, someone so closely connected? So this is cool. So let's do it. Let's do it. So just by way of review, are, are you familiar at all, Pete, with the NCAA March Madness tournament? I'm a casual, casual fan. Okay. All right. Good. So what we're doing is we've started with a, te- a field of 64 teams, which are uh, Steely Dan songs and some solo Fagan songs. And we're just trying to pit them against one another to see if we can't find out which is uh, the maddest, the uh, fan favorite, the best song, the most representative of Steely Dan. And because each week we'll have a different guest, this is anyone's guess as to who's going to uh, be left standing at the uh, in the final four and at the finals. So... Uh, we are, we've already gone through, there's four regions, just like the NCAA tournament. We've already gone through half of them with a prior guest. So we can cross those off just so you know, two of the regions already covered were the mad about Brubeck region. Yeah. You might recognize some of these puns, (laughs) um, dude ranch above the sea region. A couple of upsets in that region. Yep. There were. Yep. Yep. There's always that one region where you're just a lot of red X's and that might be the one you get. Um, all right. So today you have your choice. We're going to cover them both, but where would you like to start? We have the bodacious Cowboys region, and we also have the West on Sunset region. Pete, where should we start? Let's do the West on Sunset. All right. All right. Sounds good. Well, I should mention, by the way, that the tournament was supposed to be sponsored by Cuervo Gold and the Fine Colombian. <laughs> but, you know, when lawyers get involved, things happen. Yeah. So I got the Fine Colombian right next to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So let's start. So uh, the NCAA tournament in each region, teams are seeded or ranked from 16, which is the quote unquote worst team in the region, to number one. So one goes against 16, 215, 314, etc. So, 
I'm going to start somewhere in the middle. So not at eight and nine, which tend to be the most difficult. So we are going to start with the three fourteen matchup. So shouldn't be too difficult. We've got the number three could be a potential region favorite. Uh, the song Asia. Against the 14 seed, the Royal Scan. Boy, that's a hard one. I I, I might have to leave now because I can't even guess. I can't even already. Pick one. Yeah, I can't pick one. <laughs> I don't even. That's the first one, and I'm stuck. You know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess you have to go with uh, Gad Solo and uh, and who who is that? Pete Chrisley on Asian. No, that, no that, was, was, uh, uh, that was Wayne Shorter. Wayne Shorter, thank you. Wayne yeah, Shorter. Yeah. yeah, I guess, I mean, as much as I love the Royal Scam, you have to go with uh, Asia just because of... Uh, yeah, there's there's no doubt in my mind it has to be Asia on that one. So, you know, I was listening to the Royal Scam the other day, and for some reason, once that song gets going, it starts to just kind of fall flat for me. I don't know why. Maybe it was the mood I was in the other day, but Asia, to me, goes through. Bring it on through. Asia goes through. All right. Well, since our guest is already threatening to leave, let's go to maybe <laughs> an easier matchup. We'll go to the 215. So the two is the uh, very widely played, much recognized Hey 19. First, a the upset minded 15 seed Slinky Thing. Yeah, the uh, Fagan solo tune, right? Okay, okay. So it's uh, Hey Nineteen against Slinky Thing. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Hey Nineteen. I just I love. I think the most underrated thing about Hey Nineteen is Hugh McCracken's rhythm playing. It's insane. That's like the greatest rhythm playing I've ever heard. And I'm going to take Hey 19 just because of you and McCracken. All right. Uh, well, I know, Tom, that uh, that was one of the songs that was a uh, like instantly put you on the yacht kind of song. But uh, we're not going to go there. We are going to say, you know, I know that you're not crazy about Wendell in some of their stuff. But I think this song grooves in an odd sort of way because when you listen close, the Wendell parts don't perfectly line up and something about that makes it groove. And maybe it's the guitar that uh, that Pete's talking about that holds it together. But yeah, Hey 19 goes through. And did you know that Hey 19 was the first song they used Wendell on? No, I did not know that. That was the first song they used it on. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, part of my enjoyment of that song, I've enjoyed that song for probably decades now before I even knew there was a Wendell. So I guess I was never listening for that. So it never bothered <laughs> right. me. Yeah. So everybody thought it was Jeff Picaro, right? Yeah. I only learned that by um, studying some of the, um, watching some of the YouTube videos about how that went together. And once they explained how each layer of the drum part had to go around, had to go down separately and they had to time it and get it and move it around to get it to line up. Then I started listening for that. Once they pulled back the curtain and I knew what to look for, it kind of revealed itself to me. Do you guys know how Wendell came about in the first place? Uh, well, I'd like to hear your take on We did talk about that once. I know that Donald made some sort of offhand comment about, couldn't we have like a computer that could make yeah. a perfect drum track? Turns out they weren't perfect. Yeah, actually, the exact quote was, can somebody 
you know, make a, yeah. you know, something, you know, <laughs> and uh, Roger Nichols, ex-nuclear scientist or whatever he was, you know, put up his hand and said, I could do that. And that's how it happened. If Fagan hadn't said that at that time, Wendell never would have came about. Yeah, he said he needs like $150,000 or some number. I forget what number. And Fagan's like, yeah, okay, let's do it. Yeah, the record company <laughs> was giving him anything they wanted in those days. Well, far be it for me to counter uh, or contradict anything Fagan would request, but I would have just pointed to Jeff Beccaro and say, God already did. Yeah. Yeah. Right yeah. yeah, a lot of people don't like Wendell. That's right. Yeah, I'm kind of what I just the, the whole gaucho vibe. Let's stick with that theme, though. Um, so we've got off the album gaucho. We're going to do the 710 matchup. So typically this is in the, the basketball tournament where you get a lot of your upsets. Ten over seven. So gaucho, the song is the seventh seed and it's going up against the 10 seed. Everyone's gone to the movies. Oh man, that's a tough mm. one. That's the. Uh, it is. Was it the gay cowboy against the child molesters? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, well, that's another rough one. That's I love. I love the. I love everything on Katie Light. I'm gonna have to go with Gaucho and Tom Scott's solo on that. I love it. Yeah, um, and since I'm dressed in my you know spangled poncho, but uh, Ga- uh, Gaucho had Jeff Bercar playing on that. It was the yeah. one of the infamous what seventy three edits to put that track together, or something, like something ridiculous mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, so yeah, I think Gaucho goes through. But I did. Uh, I just heard everyone's gone to the movies earlier today. I'm like, dang, that is really great. great I'm probably going to end up putting that one through. Great but stuff. Turns did, out- you ever, did you guys ever hear the early version on the Citizens Stealing Them boxed version? Mm-mm. There's a uh, and Flo and Eddie are singing backup. Whoa. Hmm. Wow. And uh, you can find it on the Citizen Steely Dan uh, box set. It's, it's like a bonus that they put on there. It's pretty cool. It's very, very fast. It's much different than the song that's on Katie Live, the way they do it on Katie Live. Very interesting. Cool. All right. Six verse 11. Ruby Baby was the 11 seed. Taking on the number six seed, Time Out of Mind. Mm, more Wendell. Well, again, like I said before, Ruby Baby's a Stoller, Libra and Stoller song, so right away I'm knocking it out. And <laughs> I love Time Out of Mind. I mean, you know, I don't. Th- I don't think they let Nafla stretch out enough, but it's a great freaking song, man. So you're knocking Ruby Baby out because it wasn't a Fagan composition, Is that right? It? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I don't disagree with that. Um, I, I think it, uh, I have a hard time knocking anything from Nightfly out, but in this case, I'm going to agree. Plus, time out of mind is amazing. It's amazing song. Yes. Well, that's true too. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. So uh, let's see. So all right. Let's go to the top of the bracket and the bottom at the same time. So the number one seed in this region. Interestingly, you could call it the Duke. Blue Devils yeah. of the region, and that is the Deacon Blues. Going against the number 16 seed, this is the Patsy that probably had to play in just to get into the tournament. Right. Poor little Turn That Heartbeat. Look at my- 
Any upsets? Turn that hot beat against two. Deacon Blues. Deacon oh, Blues. That's, you know, that's a no-brainer. Do we have to? Do I have to say it? <laughs> well, it well, makes it official. It'll hold up a card or something. Yeah, I'll take Deacon Blues. <laughs> yeah, Deacon uh, Blues. No question. No question. So I was probably a little too young to get into Steely Dan contemporaneously, but I knew, you know, the Hey 19 and Ricky Don't Lose That Number and all those, you know, major hits. And then about ten years ago, I heard Deacon Blues, which seems silly now because it's such a like it's in the canon. But I was like, that's another Steely Dan song that I really love, and that was the one that triggered me into getting into the entire. Catalog. Yeah, so, all right. All right. Yeah. Fun fact on Deacon Blue. Stuff. All right. Very fun. Yeah. Very fun. It doesn't get much more fun than that. All right. Um, <laughs> let's go got? to the eight nine matchup. Okay. So this is the always the difficult ones. Yep. Uh, I'm kind of interested in the seeding here. So the eight seed, Pete, is Doctor Wu. Are you with me, Doctor Wu? Are you really just a shadow of the man that I once The nine seed. Against which it shall face off is Black Friday. When Black Friday comes, I stand down by the door. Both from the same album. And uh I mean both great songs. I'm gonna go with Dr. Wu just because again, Phil Woods stack solo and uh just a cool song. Uh, Donald doesn't like to play it live for some reason. I don't know if it's too hard for him to sing. Uh, but I, I go with Dr. Wu. Yeah, it was definitely Dr. Wu for me. Mm-hmm. We agree. Yep. All right. Good. Thought that was going to be an upset. Yeah. Thought home at her Black Friday. All right. Let's go to, uh, let's see, one of two remaining matchups. We've got uh, Home at Last. Going against the 12th seed with a gun. With a gun, with a gun, you will be what you are just the same. Did you pay the other man with the- mm. Okay. <laughs> well, that's funny. I, I, I tell you something funny quickly before I pick my pick. One of Fagan's and, and Becker's favorite songs on the last one of the least favorite songs with a gun. Really? <laughs> the, yeah, the two songs that I know Becker and Fagan hated were both from Pretzel Logic. It was With a Gun and Monkey in Your Soul. They hated both of those songs. So in honor of Donald and Walter, I'm, I'm going with Home at Last. I mean, that's if that's one of Donald's favorite songs. I'm going to go with that one. And Bernard Purdy on that one, if I recall. So how can you Purdy how can was you in not? Chuck Ray. The hitmaker, man. Yeah, great groove, man. And when Donald first started playing live, he, he was really playing – Playing the shit out of Home Last and Black Friday. Those are the two songs he was playing a lot. When you're able to defer to Fagan and uh, Becker themselves, then I think there's no debate, right? Well, that's, right. you know. Right. Interesting that they matched up. Yeah, yeah. Weird. Favorite song, least favorite song. That was pretty cool. That's right. Yeah. So, all right. Cool. Well, the final matchup in this region, before we move on to the bodacious Cowboys region, uh, is uh, this. I think it's going to be interesting. Let's find out. The four seed, so the heavy favorite. I got the news. Against the 13 seed, my rival. The wind was driving in my face. The smell of prickly pear. Hmm, that's a good matchup. 
It is. I think so, too. It's a nice matchup. Yeah, I got the news kind of has that herky-jerky, bink, 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 piano thing. I like both of them. That's like a tie for me, you know? Uh, So it's going overtime. Yeah. I'm going to make it even harder on you, and I'm going to say that I'm going to go my rival and see if you Mm. go the other way. Oh, my God. A lot of people don't like my rival. That's weird. Uh, Jesus, I like both. I don't even know. uh, Jesus. Oh, I'm going to go with my rival, too. All right. Wow. Ooh, okay. That's a huge big upset. Yeah. Interestingly enough, though, I had already penciled in because I knew you guys were going to pick that. <laughs> so I, I don't even have to type anything. It's my rival against Home at Last in the next round. Ooh, that'll be interesting. Uh, other matchups include Deacon Blues against Dr. Wu. Asia uh, takes on Time Out of Mind. And then Gaucho. Ooh, the upstart Gaucho against Hey 19. Mm-hmm. Ooh, you have to stay tuned next week to see how that turns out. Yeah. All right. I don't want to be involved in that one. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, <laughs> that's too hard. Friends of yours will be involved. Yes, uh, I believe so. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Cool. Well, we're, we have one more region to get through, and then we've got our uh, field of 32 to work with uh, next week. All right. Um, all right. So we are in the Bodacious Cowboys region. I'm going to start right at the top and uh, see if I can not mispronounce Bodis, uh, Bodisatva. Yeah. Bodisatva. Sixteen seed against the number one seed. Oh boy! Oh boy! Well, I was gonna go with Peg, but since you're gonna call it Yacht Rock because Michael McDonald sings on it, I mean, <laughs> well, everything Michael McDonald sings on becomes Yacht Rock. I get it. Uh, in some people's <laughs> minds, not in mine, not in mine. Hey, he sang on a Toad the Wet Sprocket song just oh last gosh. year. There's no way that's Yacht okay. Rock. Oh, so uh, are we talking studio version or live version of Bodhisattva with the ooh, drunk bus driver giving the intro? Romantic. <laughs> That was oh my pretty God. funny. <laughs> I'm going I'm to go with Peg. Yeah, Peg it is. Yeah, there's got to be Peg. All right. Yacht Rock notwithstanding. Yeah. Okay. Well, what's next is the 8-9 matchup. And I would call this an atypical sounding Steely Dan song. Um, perhaps. Just yeah. early sounding. Do it again. The eight seed against the nine seed, which is Maxine. Some say that we're reckless. They say we're much too young. Tell us to stop. Hmm. They played Do It Again in the gym today. Ah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, great songs, man. Gotta go with Do It Again. It was their first song on their first album. I'm going to go with Do It Again. 
Mm. John? I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I. You know my thing about any um, Steely Dan or Donald Fagan song that has a woman's name in the title? Yeah. Tends to go off the rails. I know. Well, I don't but think this is your pick, does, not mine. You know, I, I love that Nightfly album so much, but Maxine is one of those that doesn't do as much for me as, say, as the rest of the record. And you're, you're right. Do It Again is sort of, I mean, I know it's first album. They're still finding the way. It definitely does not feel like what we know Steely Dan to become later on. But I'm still going to go with, uh, I'm still going to go with Do It Again, especially because if Falco covered it, then it has to be, you know, good. So, <laughs> you know, the shakers in the beginning of Do It Again? The sh- yeah, yeah. The shaker, you know, the, that those are actually cannabis seeds in the shakers. And, uh, <laughs> oh. yes. So when you, next time you hear that, you'll never, when you listen to that song, you'll never hear it the same. Never hear you it hear, again. When you hear that, sh- those shakers, those are all, those are all marijuana seeds in there. And that's what, uh, uh, their engineer told me. You should have just said that at the beginning. We just want to put them through. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool, you know? It is. That is cool. they, yeah. they, were like, yeah. they were like 23 years old when they recorded that. Now, let's hope they don't do random drug testing at the tournament this year. Because that <laughs> knocked out one of Michigan's players years ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. All right. All right. So let's move on to In a Similar Vein. We've got 5C Dirty Work. I'm a fool to do your dirty work. Oh, yeah. Interesting, atypical uh, verse. And maybe you could tell us the story about Dirty Work, too, because we know Fagan refused to play that one, I think, for years. But against number nine seed, which we'll come back to. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. 12 seed. Right. 12 seed, Kings. We've seen the last of good King Richard. Bring out the past. His name is so what do you know about Dirty Work, Pete? Well, I'm going, first of all, I'm going with Kings just because Donald doesn't sing it. I will never pick a Steely Dan song that Donald doesn't sing over a Steely Dan song <laughs> okay. that Donald sings ever, <laughs> no matter how much I love the song. Uh, Dirty Work, I think Donald thought that was uh, uh, more for a woman to sing. And I think that's why he didn't want to sing it. Uh, plus, back then, he didn't want to sing at all. Yeah, that's which is right. why Palmer and uh, Jim Hodder sang. So uh, as far as Dirty Work, I think between thinking it would be better for a woman to sing and and he didn't want to sing it at all, so I guess there was no there was no female vocalist in the first tour, you know. I was going to say I've heard he eventually, like in the two thousands, finally worked it back into the set. Yeah, with the girl singing. That's just what I said. He always, I think he always thought it was for a female vocal. Which there you go, the girl sang it, and uh, yeah, yeah. So that's what I that's what I've heard over the years. For uh, for me, um, kind of similar to what you were saying earlier, Tom. The song that took me beyond the hits. You know, I knew the hits the same way you did. Um, But when I first decided I was going to invest myself in their catalog and I bought the first album, that was the first one I bought on vinyl that I was going to kind of invest myself in. And the song that caught my attention and really made me wake up and say, you know what, I'm going to really give this my attention. And that was Kings. So Kings was sort of the one that brought me in. So Kings is going through. It's a great tune. And they they haven't played that one since 1973 or 72. They never played it on the the post nineties tours. They never played. That's it. a pretty big upset. Twelve over five. Yeah. That's but it, not unexpected. That's kind of like, you know, do it. Dirty work is like modern day North Carolina. You remember them being great, but you're not <laughs> sure why they can't do anything anymore. Anyway, the so- casual fans think Dirty Work is, is still still that's Dilly Dan's greatest song. If you if you talk to the casual, if you talk to the- yeah, I think it's their number one song on Spotify. Yeah, if you talk to casual fans, Dirty Work's the greatest song they ever did. All right. Well, no. 
But yeah, you're you're probably right. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, Tom, what's next? All right, we have, uh, let's see. I'm just going to keep going down the, the line here. So we have the four seed. Who, uh-oh, the Nightfly. I'm less than the Nightfly. Hello, Baton Rouge. Would you turn your radio down? Against 13, weather in my head. But tell me. Solo tunes. Yeah, I mean, that's a, to me, that's a no-brainer. I'm going with the Nightfly. Uh, I like weather in my head, but I think the Nightfly outclasses it for sure. It does. It really does. There's, there's not more to be said. Absolutely, Nightfly. Um, okay, let's go to uh, the six. Let's see, what am I doing here? The six through versus the eleven. All right, the six seed is any world. Any world And the 11 seed is Brooklyn, parentheses, owes the charmer. Brooklyn owes the charmer under me. Okay. Well, again, because Fagan doesn't sing Brooklyn, I'm going to go any world. Yep. Uh, hmm. I think that's the one place I disagree. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have the the preconception about, like you say, Donald singing. Mm-hmm. I think I like Brooklyn owns the charmer better. Yeah, yeah Brooklyn's a better song. But I'll, like I said, I'm never going to pick a song that Fagan's not singing. I understand. That's my yeah. as a skilly dance song. It's not going to. But it. as a result, that means Tom has to decide uh, which one goes through. So Tom, you're the tiebreaker here. Yeah. Well, I hate to be impolite to our guests, but I think I'm going Brooklyn. Yeah. yeah. I don't it. blame you guys. Yeah. If Fagan sang Brooklyn, I would go with Brooklyn. All right. All right. <laughs> Good. All right. Cool. So who was singing that one? Hotter or uh, Palmer? Brooklyn was... Uh, was that was, one they shared? That was Hotter. Okay. Very good. Very good. All right. So moving right along. Let's go to the... Uh, this one, I, I don't think it's going to be interesting. I wish Third World Man wasn't the 14th seed that had to go against my fan favorite, three seed Josie. Such is life. So who do we got going through? Josie, Third World Maine. Wow. Well, both great tunes. It's amazing how many people don't like Third World Man. So uh, I love both, but, uh, you know, Josie's the shit. So we're going to go with Josie. Yeah, I really like the uh, the picture that the lyrics draw in Third World Man. I can really just absolutely see it in my head. But Josie goes through. Yeah. Yeah, Josie is a masterpiece, yeah. no, no matter how many times I hear it. All right, good. We're in agreement. Uh, 14, 7. Mm. I'm sorry, 7 to 10. Where am I? These brackets are too small for this old man's eyes. All right, <laughs> 7. Okay, so I'm not going to mention the Yacht Italian, but this song has the word fool in it. Yeah. Only a fool would say that. I heard it was you talking about a Seven seed going against ten, Rose Darling. Rose Darling, come to me, Snake Mary's gone to bed. Hmm. I'm going with only a fool could say that. 
I like I love Dean Parks' solo on, on Rose Darling, but it's it's almost I don't know deep cut, right? Rose Darling. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going. Uh, I'm I'm going to stick with Only a Fool. Only a Fool as well. Yeah. Yeah, I love that tune. Another song they haven't played in concert uh, in the past the '90s. They did these songs like in their first tour, but they had no other material. Yeah. But uh, you know, since '74, when they had three albums to play from, those the Kings and Only a Fool would never played on the later tours. But do you know for that song, is there a reason? Because I would think that would make the cut. You know, with, with Donald, with, with Donald, it was either because he didn't like to sing it or he didn't like the song. So it was probably one of the other tunes, one of the other reasons. It was one of those reasons. They have so much of their own catalog that they themselves don't even like. <laughs> really well, not really. Not really. I mean, like I said, there's just maybe a handful of songs like they, like, I don't use the word hate, but there's a bunch of songs they really don't like in which they didn't put them on the album. And that was Monkey in Your Soul and the other one from Pretzel Logic we talked about uh, with a gun. And I, I know I know they weren't happy with Can't Buy Snow Boost. They looked at it as like a juvenile record as they got older. You know, they were 23. So I, I, I know that's probably why they haven't done that album at the Beacon Theater when they do the album nights. They never, if you notice, they never did Can't Buy Thrill. Well, Katie Line. I think those were the two albums they didn't do. Okay. Are you ready for the final matchup in this region? I am. Yeah. Right. Uh, you better be because you have to be ready for this intro. Um, my favorite note, if I have to pick one note in the Steely Dan catalog, it's between either the first note of Hey 19 or it's this first note in Two Seed Black Cow. And that's take, yeah, that's taking on the 15 seed Midnight Cruiser. I'm going, I'm going with Black Cow. Irresistible. Yeah, I got to say, that's one of those small <laughs> handful of songs that if you had to give somebody a song and say, this exemplifies Steely Dan, Black Cow, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything everything about it. It's a it. cool song, man. <laughs> All right, so summarize that, and then I have a question for Pete. Summarize the uh, bracket, Tom, and then... Uh, yep. All right, so... Uh, Pug is going to face do it. Should I sing all of them? No, I'll just please. sing all the touch. Oh, okay. So to repeat, Pug <laughs> is going to go against do it again in round two. Uh, Kings will take on the Nightfly. Hmm. Uh, Brooklyn is going to face uh, your hosts, your co-hosts, personal fan favorite Josie. Mm-hmm. And then we have only a fool would say that in the toughest matchup. I think around two against Black Cow. Yeah. That's going to be an interesting matchup, my friends. Well, we had a few songs come up. Uh, from the uh, Katie Light album on this one. So, Pete, do you have any uh, inside knowledge about the the? Um, I know that when they finished Katie Light, that Donald and uh, Walter were not happy with the sound of it. Walter says he could never listen to that record anymore. Yeah. And there was yeah. mm-hmm. the whole thing about the uh, Dolby or DBX, whatever it was, yeah. encoding, and they never felt they got it decoded right. right. And maybe that planted the seed in his mind. Yeah. Are there any details you know about that? Well, just that it, was, it wasn't it was so easy with Donald and Walter just kind of brushed it off. They were like almost committed suicide, I think, you know, after that. They were like devastated. It wasn't like, oh, no big deal. And, you know, and it's true. They don't, they wouldn't listen to that album. Gary Katz, his favorite album, Katie Lyde. My favorite album, Katie Lyde. So I guess imagine how great it could have sounded with all, you know, yeah, the DBX, they had a problem with the DBX system and apparently it couldn't, they couldn't fix it. They would have to done the whole album over or something. 
you know, but it definitely was a DBX, uh, you know, sound reduction that messed up. Yeah, the decoding or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. John, didn't Ben say last week that Katie Lied was his favorite album as well? Yeah, I hear that from so many people. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. I, he was partial to all the Picaro on it, right? Yes. Yeah, the very yeah. young Picaro. Well, for me, I think it was more because that's the album that turned me on to Stilly Dan, you know? So it's kind of like a sentimental thing almost, but it's still still like my favorite bunch of songs. Right. right. I mean, it's hard, you know, between Asia and the Royal Skin, I mean, there's so many great albums, it's hard. But Katie Lied has always been a sentimental favorite. Like you said, a lot of people love that record. And if Gary Gary Katz was there producing it, that's his favorite record. So that I felt I felt justified, right? You know when I when I heard him say that, you know, absolutely, absolutely. Well, speaking of sentimental favorites, since your work is done here in terms of your pick, what would be the one song, regardless of matchups? What would be the one song that comes to mind for you that you think is the one from Steely Dan? What should be the winner in your mind? Uh, I go with Deacon Blues, maybe. All right. It that does have a lot of the elements. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know early bands up. were rock, more rock, and the later was more jazz rock. You know, you like to call uh, yacht rock, you know, but uh, you're not going to call yacht rock on any of their first three albums, right? That was too heavy rock. No, right? probably not. No, yeah. not really. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think Deacon Blues is like you said, it covers it all. It has the sax solo. You know, it has great drums. It's just a fantastic song. I think I go Deacon Blues. It's got characteristic uh, silly lyrics too. How about you guys? What would you guys go for? Song would you pick? Well, I still got a vote, so I can't say. Oh, you can't I say have one ri- I do have one written down here. We'll tell you off air as soon as we. Yeah, uh, I will tell you off okay. air. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you got to tune in to find out. Uh, so hopefully you'll <laughs> tune in the rest of the of March as we march to madness. This was great having you on, Pete. Really, really. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And if you happen to, do you still are you still in touch with uh, Donald Fagan? You know, I once in a while I'll email him. I know they should be playing here. I'm living in Palm Desert, California. I moved from New York after 38 years. Uh, there's a new arena here that Irving Azoff owns, who was Steely Dan's manager. I just saw the Eagles uh, three, four nights ago. And I'm pretty sure they're going to be playing here. And that's the next time I'm going to write down for tickets. <laughs> awesome. Well, when you do, be sure to tell him how much fun you had on a podcast called Out of the Main, uh, for which he has an open invitation. Okay. Okay. Sure. Uh, good luck. Yeah. Good luck with that one. But. Uh, <laughs> Well, what time, what day do you think we should check back in with you? Uh, well, he's seventy five now. Yeah, the twelfth of never. Yeah, so I'm not sure we got you know how much more time. But uh, yeah. yeah, he's well, kind of all the more reason. Yeah, you know, but that would be cool. He, he'd probably have a lot of fun with yeah. this. Actually, oh my god, we'd have an amazing time. So, all right, cool. Again, Pete, thanks, and uh, we'll try to figure out an excuse to have you back on. Sure. Uh, maybe we'll do a Katie Lied album focus. Ooh. Sure, man. Anytime. You got my number. Cool. All right. Take care. Nice talking to you guys. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, looking pretty chalky in the first round uh, now that we're through uh, the first two parts. Yeah, I think we expected that to a certain degree. There were some upsets that... Um even surprised me in the moment. I couldn't look at the initial bracket and say, oh, there's an upset in the making. You kind of thought a couple, but yeah. they still surprised me. 
Yeah, but like you said, and I think both guests kind of mentioned the fact that uh, the Steely Dan catalog is quite top heavy in terms of its accessible, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to the common listener, the common fan. Once yeah. you get a little more mad, I think people start dropping off. <laughs> a little and, more mad, yeah. And other people then start tuning in, like the real, uh, you know, the jazz nerds and all of that. They really get into the deeper cut stuff. So I'm not surprised that it's a top heavy, uh, chalky first round. Yeah, I think it'll get more unpredictable as we go on. And uh, it's just interesting to see where maybe some of those Nightfly cuts uh, mm. are considered in the canon, depending on who we have. And you know what my big takeaway was? How much I miss being able to, when we were talking about the different regions, that we don't have the lost buoys this time. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, that would have made perfect sense. <laughs> right. All right. Well, with that, why don't you uh, get us officially into a lightning round? You want to kick things off with something found at sea? I'm going to kick it off with a uh, sound effect first. All right. Well, yes. How, how can I forget? Well, found at sea. Uh, just a quick recap. These are things that we find uh, maybe posted somewhere else. Maybe we did a little reading online and a nugget caught our attention or somebody posted something in, uh, either on our page or in a Facebook group or maybe they've even sent us email. You know, it can be a, a sort of viewer mail segment. Well, this one was uh, posted by listener Yorn. I, I, oh, yeah. I do believe he's a listener. Um, I know he's a listener. Okay. Yes. Uh, he posted something, and it was a direct reference to Steely Dan. So I made the note of that, knowing we were going to be doing this uh, tournament. So he was talking about a song by Lee Rittenauer called French Roast. And he pointed out that the drummer is Steve Gadd, mm-hmm. and the bass player is Abe Laboreal. But specifically how it refers to Steely Dan is they appear to be intentionally revisiting that kicks solo section with Wayne Shorter and Steve Gadd doing the drum solo, sax solo all at once in Asia. And it appears as though that's what they're doing here. This is the first time it comes up at a minute 15. And then for you, Tom, here's the second time that they sort of reprise that concept. And this time, Abe Laboreal decides that he's going to bass solo in on that. So here goes. This is from 428. Smoking. Oh, boy. Yes. I mean, I think Gad even uses some of the same licks in there. That it sounds used. like it. Yeah. Uh, we should unfortunately mention, though, that uh, the day after recording our episode with uh, Pete, uh, he mentioned Wayne Shorter, and then yeah. the very next day, rest in peace, Wayne Shorter passed away. So there's a little homage to him right there. Yeah, so that that is that that is good timing, bad timing that we had to lose him, but good timing that we had this one teed up sort of to give him that honor. Yep. It's amazing. Now, the only question remains, I don't know how you would answer it. Did they explicitly say, hey, let's do that thing again that we did? Remember? Yeah. Or is it just a thing that just evolves naturally and it wasn't so purposeful? It you know? sounds so close. I got to think it's purposeful. 
Okay. I, I do. That's my thought. But uh, we yeah. have to ask uh, Dr. Gad. All right. Well, let's get the doctor on, apparently. Okay. Well, cool. Um, for my found at sea, I'm going to do something a little unorthodox, which seems to be my want of late. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have to offer two songs, only because, uh, well, this one comes to us via viewer mail. So cue that sound effect. Mail's in. Nice. <laughs> Listener Anne sends us a song, just kind of n- not really related to Yacht Rock in any way, but just says, hey, here's a good song. I don't know much about the artist, but here, have it. And it's a, I've never heard of this group. Uh, it's Bird Streets. And it's a tune that's uh, let you down. We can play a little of it. It's not really that yachty. Maybe it could be off the map, but just get a sense for what let you down sounds like. So again, neither listener and nor I say that there's anything particularly yachty about that. But, but I'm sensing you're leading me somewhere, right? I am leading uh, you somewhere. Okay. Yes, good, good. So I like it enough to say, all right, I'm going to check out the rest of the Bird Streets catalog. And I come upon a song that's got the um, perhaps Trojan seahorse lyrical content <laughs> because it's called. How did we Bet not it- think of that before? Come on, <laughs> I man. don't know. Uh, well, from henceforth, it shall be a Trojan yeah. seahorse. <laughs> All right. Uh, the tune is called Betting on the Sun. But the reason it's relevant to today, just check out the opening and check out the very first lyric on this bad boy. I remember when we were tighter than Steely Dan. Now the fix is in. And you're breaking up with your friends. <laughs> Ironically, the song isn't all that terribly tight, but still. No, it's not. <laughs> well, either is Steely Dan anymore, so there you go. I guess not. But, uh, you know, I, I, I hear some sort of uh, reference to like a Death Cab for Cutie kind of. I wonder if they were influenced by them. That's kind of the genre I would say they are in. Yeah, yeah. for sure. All right, um, moving along then to A Buried Treasure. I, this is not in any way related to Steely Dan, which you could make the case that neither was that last one, but um, Bobby Caldwell. So Bobby Caldwell's an interesting cat in the Yacht Rock spheres because he's got like a couple songs that are in the heavy rotation, yeah. right? That just oh, yeah. constantly play. But I go through his catalog and I'm like, the rest of this is equally good. Maybe some of it's better. Like, why can't we get beyond just the surface here and get into something deeper? So this isn't that deep maybe if you're a huge Bobby Caldwell fan, but let's throw something off the 1980 album Cat in the Hat. This song, I kind of feel like it has a Ace How Long feel to it at times. This is uh, To Know What You've Got, Bobby Caldwell. Yeah. You say that that doesn't connect to Steely Dan, but that it it has that relaxed, somewhat jazzy feel that I, I could hear some Steely Dan uh, sort of nods in there. And I don't know if he's doing that intentionally, but well, I, that's what I was going to kind of say about a certain slice of the Bobby Caldwell album is it is that vibe. Mm-hmm. It's not. I don't think it's as like. Um, uh, explorative as no. Steely Dan is, but um, it's equally, you know, it's got that jazz uh, instrumental vibe to it. Anyways, mm-hmm. that is our friend George Chocolate Perry on bass. Nice. <laughs> One of the best nicknames in all of music. <laughs> Anyways, that's been sitting in my queue for a long time. It's just like, come on, let's play some of this other Bobby Caldwell. Bobby Caldwell is both like a, you know, a Yacht Rock staple and a buried treasure at the same time. Like a Chris, the rest of his catalogs, like Chris Christian. I know you said something about, are there, uh, I don't know that how many 
like, uh, what'd you say, heavy Bobby Caldwell fans? Are are there really any? Not to say he doesn't have a fandom. I know he does. But he is a buried treasure in and of himself. That's kind of my point. Yeah, but yet he's got the one song that's played constantly on all these various mixes, you know? For sure. All right, my buried treasure was one that, uh, it's just one of these things that came up on shuffle. And uh, immediately, maybe it's because we were already prepping for this tournament. Immediately, my ear went and said, man, you could almost convince me that this was a Steely Dan outtake. I mean, the guitar playing in this at times sounds like Walter Becker. Other times it sounds like maybe Dean Parks. Maybe they're trading parts. But uh, this, this comes from a surprising place, even though this song did fairly well on the charts. 1975, Bachman Turner Overdrive. Now tell me you do not associate them with Yacht Rock. I do not. Okay, but how about this one? Looking out for number one. Find out every trick in the book And that is only one way to get things done You'll find out the only way to the top Is looking out for number one I mean you keep looking out for number one Hey, it brings to mind a question. Okay. So do you, would you like to finish your thought before yeah, my well, question? My, the, the finish of my thought is that I'm not saying that it is Yacht Rock, but man, has that got some jazzy feel to it. I mean, lots of jazzy mood, um, a lot of very light touch on the guitars, which is kind of atypical when you think about BTO as more that muscle rock, that testosterone rock, right? <laughs> um, but even then, I'll give you one quick uh, uh, second drop here, especially at the end of this song where it kicks into a jazz waltz. Check it out. I mean, they're definitely dipping a foot in a pool that is entirely different from the uh, one they normally swim in. True, true. The the first cut you played, the, the track reminds me a little bit of uh, Do It Again, speaking of oh, Steely, yeah. Steely Day. Yeah, with a little more jazz to it, right. Yep, yep. It, which brought to mind the question, were the shakers filled with marijuana buds? <laughs> no, <that's, laughs> that was my question. That's yeah. what you wanted to know. Well, BTO uh, yeah. would not surprise me much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that and a can right. of Schlitz. Oh, nice. <laughs> this sounds like the kind of party I want to go to. All right. All right. Off the map then for me, right? Yes, sir. Well, you know, why not dip your foot in the pool twice? Because this is BTO again. Now, this one is actually from a little bit earlier, 1973. And if I were to place this one as a comparative to the Yacht Rock can in the way that I thought that looking out for number one maybe sounded like it could have been an off Steely Dan song. This almost sounds like this could have been an off Doobie Brothers tune from like the Taking It to the Streets album because it's a little more modal, but again, it's that same touch, that same feel. This is Blue Collar. Cause you should see my world, meet my kind before you judge our minds. Blue Collar. Okay, nice. So I was I was only loosely paying attention. You are trying to make the case that BTO is yacht rock, <laughs> certified yacht rock, right? Certifiable, right? Yes. No, yeah. but that, I hear what you're hearing on that tune for sure. I can't even make the case to say that they were influenced by it because these songs are from 1975 and uh, 73, respectively. But it is interesting, out of everything that we know from them, that they have these two sort of outliers that are True. clearly sophisticated and jazzy, and it's they're not imitating. They can 
they can pull it off. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's move right along to something we do know, which is that I'm going to take us off the map and back again somehow. Ooh. Yeah. So more viewer mail. Mail's in. Dang. Love that. We get contacted by a Mr. Doug Kistner, um, who, which is a name I was not familiar with, but I should be because his credits include those of a, playing keyboards for the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Yowza. With Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Uh, John Waite. Uh, it's currently with the Lords of 52nd Street. Oh, cool. Billy Joel. Band, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So he's got tons of cred. So um, I'm trying to figure out why, why is he writing me? Um, but anyway, he's got a new project out that's really cool that does kind of bring us back to the boat um, and does bring us back to Steely Dan. It's called Studio Deluxe. If you're looking for it on Spotify, it's Studio D apostrophe L-U-X. Okay. So... Um, He's got this new project with some star-studded yacht rockers on it, including Bill Champlin. So I am going to play. Uh, yeah, exactly. This is not exactly, again, super yachty necessarily, but um, here's a two. They sent us, uh, there's all kinds of uh, new releases, and they are on Spotify. But this one includes Bill Champlin on harmony and lead vocals, uh, Mike Todd on bass, and then guitar solos by... Elliot Randall. Oh, there's your tie-in. Yes. yes. And for the children watching at home, who was Elliot Randall? Well, he was uh, played on some of the early Steely Dan stuff, most notably on Reeling in the Years. That's him on the lead guitar, who Jimmy Page said is the best guitar solo he ever heard. Absolutely. Okay, well, let's hear a little bit of this new release called Ain't Good Enough. Half of what you say. Tell you what, I think that is good enough. I think it is yeah. too. Well, you put a champ on there, and then you're finding the Steely Dan cats, and you're throwing. I mean, how could you go wrong? So, uh, pretty impressive resume by uh, Mr. Doug Kistner. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sending that in. Thank you. Does that bring us up to speed now? Well, we're down to 32 teams. We are going to be back next week. Uh, we're going to knock 16 of them out, and that will leave us with the what? Steely 16. There you go. I'm, I'm liking that. There's probably right. a better one in there somewhere. That's the obvious one. There's got to be one. We'll work it. Give me a, a week yeah. to workshop it. Yeah, all okay. right. Send in your viewer mail. And you too can be uh, a member of the Yacht Rock podcast out of the main. But you got to learn how to say, Ahoy, Poloi! Ahoy, Poloi!